You're listening to Biceps After Babies Radio, episode number 70. Hello, and welcome to Biceps After Babies Radio, a podcast for ladies who know that fitness is about so much more than pounds lost or PRs. It's about feeling confident in your skin and empowered in your life. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, a registered nurse, personal trainer, wife, and mom of four. Each week, my guests and I will excite and motivate you to take action in your own personal fitness as we talk about nutrition, exercise, mindset, personal development, and executing life with conscious intention. If your goal is to look, feel, and be strong and experience transformation from the inside out, you, my friend, are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, and today I have two special guests for you. So in the Macros 101 community, we ran a um, transformation contest, and we had women from the program submit their transformation in a video and share about their experience. And then in the community, we voted for the top three contestants, and then we opened up voting to um, the community on Instagram and on my email list and on Facebook, and we have a winner. So Melissa Porter was the winner of our transformation contest. And I interviewed Melissa back on episode number 35. And then I also, she was one of the five women that I highlighted last week in last week's podcast. So I wanted to make sure that we got the other two women who were finalists for that transformation contest onto the podcast, because both of them have such good um, stories to share about what they've learned in Macros 101 and how it has transformed their body and their, their life and their mental space and where they're at. And so Melissa saw a lot of weight loss and she again shares her story in episode number 35. So if you haven't listened, it's definitely a good one to listen to. And Aaron and Megan who share their stories today have a little bit different transformation that they're going to share. Um, one of the things that we celebrate in Macros 101 is that yes, a lot of my clients come to me for weight loss. They want to, you know, lose dress sizes and they want to lose weight. And what happens in the process of getting to that weight loss is often a big mental transformation. And both Megan and Aaron speak to that mental transformation that has occurred for them. And I'm super excited for them to be able to share their stories with you. Now, first up, I want to introduce Megan Russell. And Megan has a really awesome story. And I I was excited for her to share it because I think some of you will relate to her in some of the surgeries that she's had and some of the fertility treatments and uh, the experiences that she's had over the last multiple years trying to conceive her children and what that's done to her body um, and the changes that have, have happened in her body and and where she was at when she joined Macros 101. Um, I, what the, one thing that I love about Megan's story more than anything is that in Macros 101, I teach um, and I have a bonus called Macros in 20 Minutes a Day, where if I... If you can give me 20 minutes a day, I can help you to get started counting macros, be able to see the success and the results that you want. And Megan took that to heart and was so consistent with giving me 20 minutes a day. And she didn't have more time than that to give, which is 100% okay. And she was able to start to see results even with just that 20 minutes a day. And so I love her story because of that. So let's jump into the interview with Megan Russell. All right. I would like to welcome Megan Russell to the podcast. Hey, Megan. Hi, thank you. How are you doing today? 
I'm doing great. How are you? I am excellent. I'm really excited to be able to have you on and share your story. I was telling Megan um, before we hit record a little bit about how I love sharing stories of other women because you are going to resonate with different people and different people's stories. And I think Megan has a lot of things that she's gone through in her past that people may relate to and where she's currently at in her journey uh, that will help a lot of you to recognizing what's possible and how Megan has been successful thus far and how is continuing going to continue to be successful as she continues towards her goals. Cause we're going to talk about a little bit. She's not, she's not there yet. She's not, she's not at her goal weight. Um, and we're going to talk about how she's continuing that motivation to move on. So just to start us out, Megan, a little bit, can you give us a little history on, um, maybe your like fitness journey, a little bit of, of what you experienced in terms of your surgeries and your past, and then kind of where, bring us up to date to where you are today. Yeah. Um, so I, I'll go all the way back to kind of preteen high school years. I, I grew up in the dance world. Um, I was a ballerina up until about age 14, got on point, achieved that goal and decided to move on and do other sports and things in high school. Um, and I've been pretty active, uh, through high school. And then when I got to college, a lot of that activity, uh, kind of fell away because I got busy with classes. I was working, I had, um, heavy course loads, but I did still take time for dance. Um, and then after I married my husband about three, three or four years after we were married, we decided to start having, um, our family. And I had struggled with endometriosis my whole uh, I guess, post-pubescent life. And um, we ran into some fertility issues. So we started going down the path of fertility treatments, having various um, surgeries and diagnostic tests to see what was wrong. Um, and that kind of brought a lot of my um, activity to a halt because I had to stop and be on bed rest at certain times and not do certain activities. And it, it kind of put a roadblock into being active for me. So as of right now, I've had my, um, I've had two kids. Um, my oldest was born about five years ago. My youngest was born about two and a half years ago. Um, and since I've had my kids, I actually had my appendix out. Um, I had a miscarriage after my second child. And then just this last August, I had a hysterectomy. Yeah. And I remember right when you had joined Macros 101 was like right after your hysterectomy. Right. So what was that like having major surgery, <laughs> diving so, into Macros 101 <laughs> and like getting started on this process? Yeah. So going into my surgery, um, I, uh, I hadn't really thought about much about weight until I was um, married and gained some of that marriage weight and actually working for a bariatric surgeon. Um, so I'd never really spent much time worrying about how much I weighed or, or really, uh, being very aware of that at all. Um, but when I worked for the bariatric surgeon, I actually started tracking my food, um, as a way to try to lose weight. And I did lose some, um, but the various fertility treatments and surgeries kind of left me with a lot more weight still, um, than I wanted to have. And so coming into that hysterectomy, I kind of gave myself a month off from mm -hmm. tracking food from restricting calories. Um, and then as I was coming out of it, I had been, um, following you and several other, um, people on Instagram that used macros for a while. Mm -hmm. And I decided that, um, you know, it was never going to be the perfect time to try it, but I needed to do something different and I decided to give it a shot. 
I love it. So if you would talk a little bit about when you got started, what that looked like, because I think the way that you got started and how you dove into this process has really been one of the reasons that you've been able to keep it up and be successful. So will you kind of speak to that a little bit? Yeah. So I remember when I took the masterclass and I was in that masterclass Facebook group, two of the questions I had was, um, how much time is it going to take? And do I have to weigh everything? Because I don't, I didn't want to weigh everything. Girlfriend doesn't want to weigh everything. (laughs) Um, And so the answers were 20 minutes a day. Give me 20 minutes a day. And no, you don't have to weigh if you don't want to. Um, So I came into it just saying, I'm going to commit 20 minutes a day to doing something. Mm -hmm. Um, It doesn't necessarily have to be tracking or weighing my food or even exercising, but I'm going to spend 20 minutes a day learning and working on this process. Mm-hmm. And how did that go? Um, so it's, it was, uh, it went really well. It didn't, um, it didn't take away from the recovery I was doing, uh, while I was getting over having a hysterectomy, I was still able to take care of my kids and my family. Um, and it didn't feel too hard. It mm-hmm. was just enough to get me on the right path, but not, um, so overwhelming that I got lost. Yeah. And here's where I feel like so many people slip up. And one of the reasons that I really want to Megan to talk about this a little bit, because I do think that it is one of the keys to her success. And, and I don't know, Megan, if you recognize it as much as I do, because I've seen it so many times in so many people where they just dive in head first and they're so excited and they like, you know, like commit everything they have and all of their time. And they're like, you know, I'm going to like, weigh my food and I'm going to log everything and I'm in a meal plan and I'm going to prep and I'm going to do all of these things. And it takes them two hours a day and they get a week into it and they're like, what the heck? This is like, so not worth it. And then they end up quitting. And so what you did was the exact opposite. And what I love is that you committed to something that was reasonable and you were willing to do. And the key was, is that you kept doing it. You gave it 20 minutes a day, every day and 20 minutes a day, every day is going to get you to your results that you want a whole lot faster than giving it four hours a day for a week. Um, and I think really that is one of the things that's been helped, helped you to be able to be so successful. And I, and I specifically want you to talk about your success because when I say successful, it does not mean that you've lost 20 pounds, right? Are you willing to talk about some of the, like what you have seen over the last couple months? Sure. Um, so I, uh, I probably weighed, my weight fluctuates about six to eight pounds every month just with my cycle. And I still have my ovaries. Um, so it does still fluctuate, um, around, you know, around that six to eight pounds mark. Um, so when I started the program, I decided to do a cut. I calculated my macros. I, that was kind of my one day I did 20 minutes of calculating macros. I started tracking food and I actually did start weighing some of my food, but not all of it. Um, just to kind of give me a more accurate, um, idea of what I was eating. Um, and during that first cut, which lasted probably about six to eight weeks, I did lose about five pounds. Mm -hmm. And then I actually went on vacation to Germany with my family and I decided to not track on that vacation. I didn't know what kind of food I was going to have access to. I didn't want to worry about it. And I wanted to go over and enjoy all of the pretzels and delicious German food possible. Yeah. Um, cause you know, I don't go to Germany very much. Me either. Um, <laughs> so the success I've found is, um, when I started getting involved 
in the the coursework, I actually found myself spending a lot more time in the mental module one mm-hmm. um, and doing a lot of journaling and thinking and kind of figuring out why I wanted to lose the weight, what I was hoping my life would look like when I did lose the weight, what wasn't working in my life right now, and how I wanted it to change. Um, and so I've, I've found as I've done little parts of the modules and I'm still actually going through the modules and it's been, I guess, about four months mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> um, that I, I was able to, to really focus on what I needed to focus on at the time. Yeah. Um, so, and I've gone on vacation a couple times in this time period. And so every time I'm, I'm coming into a vacation or coming into a holiday, I've had the chance to take the 20 minutes, you know, beforehand and say, this is what I want to feel like. This is how I'm going to achieve it. And, and that's where I'm putting a lot of my focus. And so I feel like I have a lot of success because I'm not feeling a lot of food guilt. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not worried about having my 40 or 50 pound weight loss in the next six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm more present and focused with my family. Yeah. Love it. And what I love too about Megan's um, journey is that when you look at her progress pictures, there is very much evidence that she has had fat loss. Um, and yet when we look on the scale, there hasn't been a, like a huge shift. Um, but when she does measurements, there's change. When she puts on her clothes, there's change. When we look at progress picture, pictures, there's change. And so I love that you're such a good example of how fat loss and weight loss are not the same thing. And that if you were only paying attention to the scale, you might be going, oh my gosh, it's not working. Like what's wrong? But because you're pulling in these other data points, we can see that, yeah, what you're doing is working. Like you are making these small, simple changes, this 20 minutes a day that is over time going to overhaul your, your results and your success. And I love that. And Megan, before we started recording, um, Megan told me that she, you know, her goal is still like 40 to 50 more pounds. Um, and, but how long, when are you going to complete that goal, Megan? Um, I think it'll be at least a year, if not two years, just based on how hard I want to cut Like just based on how much I want to cut my calories, Mm -hmm. be restricted, um, and all of that. I really, I don't do well on the super restrictive mm-hmm. plans. Um, so I'm willing to do this more on a long-term basis because the short stuff doesn't work. Yeah. And that's what I love. She's like, yeah, I have 40 to 50 more pounds and I want to lose it in the next two years. And I was like, hallelujah. Like how, what would that look like if you gave yourself permission, if you have 40, 50, 60, 70 pounds to lose, and instead of feeling like it has to be fast, that you're more concerned with it being permanent and you're giving yourself the amount of time to make it permanent. Cause that's what Megan's saying. Megan's saying she's taking macros and she is applying it to her life in a way that fits with her and her goals and what she's willing to allot to it. And she is willing to let it take the time that it needs to take in order for it to work permanently in her life and not have this be something where she yo-yos up, um, which I think is, is so awesome. Um, okay. So we've kind of hit on some like different things of what's made this process different for you. Is there anything else that you can identify that might help somebody who is listening of what's made this process different this time around? Um, I think the biggest thing that makes this process different from a lot of the other things I have tried is that um, you get to choose what you're willing to give up to get your results. 
Um, and there aren't really hard and fast role, rules about which food yeah. you have to avoid. Um, so for me, like I really like my carbs. I feel pretty good when I eat carbs. Um, so I'm not really willing, you know, I'm not willing to give up cake mm-hmm. or <laughs> pasta or bread or even. And so I find ways to fit that in while still trying to hit my protein and fat goals. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I think that's been really helpful for me is that it has been so much mindset work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have been able to, to apply that mindset work to other areas of my life, mm-hmm. um, and use that as a motivator to go get help in other areas that I needed. Um, I have two small kids, five and two and a half, and I've had a lot of parenting struggle with them over the last six months or so, just because, you know, kids don't like change. They don't like it when mom's sick. Mm -hmm. Um, And so one of the nice things I think that came out of this is, you know, I was able to identify, well, what I'm currently doing is not working. So I need to go figure out Mm. how to do better at this. And it's, it's led me to parenting classes, um, and even therapy and things like that, mm-hmm. which I feel like has improved. It, it is a, a work in progress, but yeah. it is improving our lives. Oh, that's so good. Um, last week, actually on the podcast, we had some other women who came on and that was the whole theme of last week's podcast, which if you haven't listened to it, it's, it's a really, really good listen is this idea that like, when you get started on your fitness journey, that it may start with fitness and you come and join macros 101 and it may start with this goal of weight loss. But my hope is that everybody who leaves my program and everybody who leaves my coaching is able to take that and apply it to multiple areas of their life. And so hearing you say that, that like you got to this place where because of what you'd learned in macros 101 and because you've learned about goal setting and what you've learned about the mindset work that you've been able to apply that into your parenting. That to me is like, I love hearing that because I think what I always hope that what I do is so much more about more than just fitness. It's about like bleeding out into the other areas of your life. So that's awesome to hear you say that. Yeah. And I, I really do feel like it It has been um, less about like, we got to hit those. I mean, we do have to hit the macro numbers if we want to see changes, but sure, I do like that a lot of it is really mindset based and that you look at, you know, the information you get back from how your body responds to things as feedback. And when you apply that principle in other areas of your life, you can say, well, this isn't working. So what are we going to do to change it to get a different result? So good. Yep. So good. Okay. Last question for you. Let's pretend there is somebody out there who is just at the beginning of their fitness journey. They're listening to this. They have 40, 50, 60 pounds to lose and they're feeling overwhelmed. They're feeling like they don't have enough time. They're feeling like it's too hard. What would be the one piece of advice that you would give that woman to help her get started? Um, my advice would be to just pick one thing that she could do that day to get her a little bit closer to her goal. Um, so whether that's drinking enough water, just getting up and exercising, even if you can't do the perfect workout, um, eating a salad, even if you just ate six cookies, mm-hmm. um, just, you know, picking one thing to move her closer to her goal. Cause mm-hmm. over time, I feel like you, you develop positive habits from yep. doing one good thing every day. And then as you get one habit down, you can start layering the habits to get what you need. Yes. So good. That's such good advice. Thank you. Thank you so much, Megan, for coming on and sharing your story. I know that it's going to resonate with women and you gave such good advice about 
how to get started and how really to like break it down into these baby sips that are, that are really, really achievable. So thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. And second, we have Aaron O'Connor and Aaron has such a good story about recognizing and really starting to shift the all or nothing mentality. I mentioned in the interview, the podcast episode that I did on the all or nothing mentality, it's episode number 58. It's one of my favorites. If you haven't listened to it, even if you think that you don't have all or nothing mentality, I really highly suggest that you go listen to episode number 58 because it can be sneaky and it comes in in ways that we don't really start to notice. And Erin really shares how she has been able to shift that thinking that is, was so pervasive in her life and is in pervasive in a lot of my clients' lives and how that really has changed the game for her. She's also a nurse. So like shout out to all my nurses and, uh, she shares some of her like examples and tips as a busy nurse and as a busy mom to be able to make macro counting fit into her life. And so I'm excited to be able to share this interview with Erin O'Connor. I would like to welcome Erin to the podcast. Erin, how are you? Hi, very happy to be here. I'm so excited for you to be able to share your story with everybody. Um, So Erin, I would love you to start out just kind of giving us a little bit of history, maybe of um, where you've been at in the past when it comes to fitness and nutrition and kind of how that has shifted and changed over the last little while. Okay. Um, So I am a 42-year-old mom of three. I have a a nine- 12 and a four-year-old girl. I'm a nurse. I know there's a lot of nurses on our podcast. I work. Yeah. (laughs) So I work two different jobs as a nurse. So I'm a very busy woman. Um, yeah. So over the last few years, I have always been very involved in fitness. I was always very, um, into fitness since I was like 18 running, doing triathlons. And as I've become older, those things have changed with children, with injuries. The picture is grown and shrunken in different ways. Um, where I am now is I'm really rehabbing some injuries and focusing more on my nutrition since I can't go as hard as I used to go when I was 18. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at. That's awesome. And so when you, so over the last couple of years, what have been kind of some of the highs and lows for you in terms of going through this process? Um, well, finding, I guess I found macros about four years ago. Um, and I don't even know exactly how I ran into it. I think it was just on the internet. Um, and that's kind of been the biggest growth over the last few years for me is is trying it and then failing and then trying again and then failing Mm -hmm. again. Um, and now that I've found you, it kind of put all the little pieces together. There was a lot of all or nothing mentality when I first started, Mm -hmm. it had to be perfect in this perfect spot. And then I would forget about it. This is never working. I didn't see things change within two weeks and I was over it. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I was learning along the way were the tiny little changes I was making, starting to notice that, you know what, that cup of orange juice is a waste of calories and macros and sugar. Mm-hmm. I don't need this. And I just became more and more focused on making good choices over those years of learning with macros. Love it. Yeah. One thing that I do find a lot, um, with women that I coach is a lot of women that come into macros 101 or come into coaching, they've had some experience with macros in the past and it, and it oftentimes hasn't been very successful. Um, and, and and you kind of identified some of the reasons why for you that maybe it wasn't successful, that all or nothing mentality creeping in. And I see that a lot with clients when they start to treat macro counting, like 
another diet that they followed, right? Like there's a right way to do it and there's a wrong way to do it. And when we come with that mentality, it does just continue that diet mentality, right? Of like, I have to do this a certain way. Um, and one of the things we cover a lot and I coach and I've coached you a lot, (laughs) I know (laughs) in, in the program and in Macros 101 on releasing yourself from that all or nothing Mm -hmm. mentality. Mm -hmm. So for somebody listening, because I know if, if you haven't listened to episode number 58 of the podcast, you should go and listen to it. It's all on the all or nothing mentality and how I see it kind of almost subconscious. And a lot of people like, they're like, oh yeah, I don't have that. And then they listen mm-hmm. and, and I start talking and they're like, oh yeah, actually <laughs> I may mm-hmm. have that all or nothing mentality. So for someone who's like, yes, I have that all or nothing, nothing mentality. How do I start to move past that? What were some of the breakthroughs for you in identifying it and moving past it? A lot of your coaching, to be honest, because I hear your voice a lot. Um, (laughs) It's it's kind of funny. (laughs) It's a very good thing. You know, like I picked up something to give you a perfect example today. So I'm starting to kind of gear back up into paying a little more attention to my macros and I'm pre-planning everything. Mm -hmm. And tonight I made dinner for my family and I started to catch myself to grab at a potato that it wasn't in my plan. Mm-hmm. So Amber comes in and says, well, it's one potato, <laughs> you know, it's probably fitting in there anyway. It's either you blow it all or you just have a potato and you're over it. No big deal. Mm-hmm. And in actuality, it's a hundred percent true. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had one potato. It wasn't the greatest decision, but I, ha- I have a point right now that I can either continue to eat what I have on plan and mm-hmm. just not worry about it. And it's probably going to put me at over by like two grams of fat, maybe a little Mm -hmm. bit extra carbs, it's not going to kill anyone. And it's that all or nothing mentality of like, if you keep that, I'm going to just blow the night tonight and then I'll have ice cream later and forget it. This won't work. It's really the compounding Mm -hmm. of the bad choices one after the other, instead of kind of rearing yourself back in going, no, I'll go eat what I planned on top of it anyway. And I think that's where people fall into that all or nothing mentality is, look, that's it. It's over Yeah, (laughs) when it's really not. Totally. I've heard, and I've heard it like described in an analogy of like, it's like you get a flat tire and then you go around and you like pop the other three tires. Exactly. We do that so often where it's like you may, you know, one thing that's out of plan. And so then you just go completely off plan. Whereas in macros 101, and I've done a lot of coaching with this with a lot of the members, like we really come back to this just place of ownership, right? When you can start to just own those choices, um, Mm -hmm. It's not good or not bad. It just is the choice that you made in the moment and you can own it. Then you can kind of step back and do what you did. Yeah. Like I might be over, but that doesn't mean I have to go and pop all the other tires and just go off the rails. And that's an amazing place to be. And one of the things I also kind of pops in my head is, is what are my goals? You know, like, am I looking to be a bodybuilder realistic right now? It's not necessary. So maybe I don't have to be Mm -hmm. as like, controlled over everything. It's okay to enjoy a meal here and there. You know, it's all about what your goals are and I think what you're really looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as women, we're way too hard on ourselves. Amen. Um, and that's something I've been kind of realizing at 41 is I have really been very hard on myself mm-hmm. um, and what my expectations of what these things were going to do for me, whether it was exercise or eating or diet. And it was really unnecessary hardness to ourselves of what we expect you know, our bodies to do. They're amazing, amazing bodies that we have children and we do all these amazing things and we can't give ourselves the gift of kindness and forgiveness when we make those choices off plan. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about, um, seasons of life, because I know that you've gone through some seasons 
you know, in the, in the past couple of months. And yeah. I really would love to hear your take on that and, and kind of speak to how those seasons have changed and are different and have looked for you over the last couple of months. So I think it was one of your podcasts that really struck with me. And it was another, it was another woman talking about where her season of life was. Um, and it really struck a chord with me because it, it was exactly what I was going through, which was, you know, there was a lot of family things going on. I have a sick mother uh, who's draining a lot of energy from me, unfortunately. I have three busy kids, two jobs. It was just a lot of drain. Um, and the one thing I was missing was the connection with my husband because mm-hmm. I was so busy taking care of everyone else. And when I thought about time with him and going out, it sent me into a world of panic of like, oh, great. Like now I can't go out and eat because I'm worried about what I'm eating. So yeah. what I decided was during this emotional time for me over the, the last eight weeks or so, I forgave myself and I said, you know, I'm going to stop tracking. I'm in a season where I, I can't make this a priority right now my relationship with my husband and my kids and my family are more important. So that didn't mean I went out and ate McDonald's every night, but it just meant I took a step back and readjusted my season for my season. My health was being able to go out and enjoy my husband and a dinner with just me and him without worrying about food and food choices and that pressure of whatever, Mm -hmm. um, and enjoying dinner with my family without tracking. So it was just taking a moment off and trying to support myself emotionally rather than, Mm -hmm tracking, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Taking a pause, right? You're like, yeah, absolutely. You're not going off the track. You're not going off the rails. You're just like sitting down for a moment and taking a break. Cause it is, it is, it is a mental break to say, okay, my goal right now is really just mental health rather Mm -hmm. than, you know, trying to track and fit everything nutritionally perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, and it worked really well. It actually gave me a new emphasis. in when I got, when I was ready to come back to tracking, which was, I'd say four to eight weeks, mm-hmm. I kind of just stepped back. Um, I'm back at it now and I feel like I'm better for it. Yeah. I feel like I'm more energized, interested in it, want to do it, you know, mm-hmm. new energy. Yeah. And we talk about that in the program too, about diet fatigue. Like diet fatigue is something that we, we probably don't talk about enough in the industry that, it, that mm-hmm. is a real phenomenon, right? That, that you get to this point where tracking can feel laborious, like giving up things can feel laborious. It can feel hard and it can feel like, you know what? I'm like, I am putting in a lot of effort and I don't want to be, this is not where I'm like, want to prioritize right now. And that's totally okay. Mm -hmm. And doing something like you did where you took a break and -hmm. just took a pause, just push pause for a little bit. And then you come back with all of this renewed energy. That's a great way to go about the process rather than getting in the cycle that I see so many women where they're like, they just get stuck of like, every weekend they're off the rails or every, you know, every night they're like binging and they wonder why nothing is changing. And if you're stuck in that mentality of like, you have to be in this deficit, you have to diet, you have to be in a, you know, eating these certain foods, it can, you can get stuck in this rut. And when you can take a pause, take a breath, say, what are my, like, what are my values? What are my goals right now? Um, Mm -hmm. and then you can, then you can keep going and and that's a beautiful place to be. So I think, go ahead. And I, I think it's, it's unrealistic too. Yeah. Um, you know, our lives change, our goals mm-hmm. change. And I think that's what I see a lot too with women is they, they start jumping from diet to diet to diet and yes. they just feel like it's, it's unreasonable to think that you're going to be stuck in this pattern forever. Yeah. Um, you have to learn how to live and eat well. Yeah. Well, and the, one of the things that I think 
and and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the things I think that you've probably learned in this process is that it isn't so much about the diet. It isn't so much about the macros, but it mm-hmm. is much more about what's going on inside your brain. It's much more about what's going on inside, like your thought process around it and, and what you're, you're telling yourself along the way. Absolutely. I see, I see it now in just the decisions I'm making and it's just such a shift in your thought. It's that Mm -hmm. one thought and like, I'm busy like everyone else. And it literally went from, I just, I'm not going to do it. I'm fatigued from doing it to like tonight I'm tired. I'm feeding everybody. It took me maybe two extra minutes Mm -hmm. to make my meal. Was that a big deal? But no, but it was a mental fight. It was a mental, do I have the energy to prioritize myself right now? And and the reality is I do, I do have two minutes to just do it, you know, but it's a mental battle. It's nothing else. It's not my kids. Mm -hmm. It's not my husband. It's me saying, Nope, I'm making me a priority right now. I'm taking these two extra minutes to do a, B and C. I love that. So I know that there are other nurses listening. There's Mm -hmm. other working moms listening. So I would love it if you could speak a little bit to how you have been able to, um, fit it in, right? Like Mm -hmm. how do you fit macro counting in when you are away from the house and you're probably working 12 hour shifts and you said you're working two jobs and like (laughs) you're busy. Like if anybody's busy, like Erin is busy, she gets it. So I would love you to speak to somebody who's listening, who maybe feels like they're too busy or they're like in the thick of life right now. They have jobs. How do you make it work for you? So it's a little bit of everything. And I've been doing this for a while. And I think that's something that people don't realize. It does take time to figure out what works for you. Yeah. Um, you a lot of trial and error, and you have to be kind to yourself. Mm-hmm. You're going to figure it out, but you're going to make mistakes along the way. So some of my biggest things that I, I do is I do try to make a pot of something really big, whether it's soup or protein or, you know, like I'm really loving, shout out to Lily eats, loves macros yeah. or eats macros. Lily eats and tells. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yes. Lily be so right now I'm living off her food. So I'll make a big crock pot of chicken, which is versatile. Um, so that gives me a mainstay protein, um, for my week. I love my yogurts in the morning. So I'll take like maybe a half hour or to an hour just to throw one or two staples together, mm-hmm. um, that I know I have there that I can quickly grab and go. And I will set up like tomorrow, I'm going to work an eight hour shift and I'll make sure that I have breakfast, um, ready for me, lunch and dinner, that I have pre-logged it with my coffee in the morning and that I have it set and ready to go. It's an all about five minute process to throw everything together. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of things that I get from Trader Joe that are like those freezable rices or the, they're already grilled up protein. So those little things to have on hand to just throw into a container and take to work. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't like eating at work. I, I don't like it. their options. Usually mm-hmm. I usually enjoy eating my own food. So you just have to find something that you enjoy eating that's easy for you to put together. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't, again, that all or nothing attitude. Yeah. It can either be breakfast, it could be your lunch, mm-hmm. whichever meal start there first, and then you'll build upon it. Um, I think that's it, yeah. really. Well, and I love what you, the very first thing that you said. Basically, you're giving yourself permission to experiment. And yes. recognize that even if Aaron gives you tips, like those might not be the tips that work for you. And that's totally fine. But you have to be willing to experiment. And like she said, along the way, realize that a tip might not work for you or something right. else that you like someone doesn't work for someone else might work for you. And that's okay. And why, and 
what she said, be gentle with yourself along the way. It's not, it's not a failure. If you try something and it doesn't fit into your lifestyle, no, no, no. That's a win because Mm -hmm. now, you know, one thing that more that doesn't work and you're that one step closer to finding what is going to work for you. But what I find is so many women aren't willing to experiment. They feel like if they don't get it right the first time, then like it's not, they're not going to ever get it right. And that's the wrong way to go into this, into the process. That's that all or nothing mentality sneaking up again. Exactly. And I, you know, I do my best. There are days where I don't, you know, and I try to figure out something quick in the cafeteria and I try to keep it really simple, Mm -hmm. you know, a lean protein, something like that, a sandwich, something that I can kind of control the portion of. Um, and then I just try to do better the next day and, and give yourself a win for getting your breakfast right this morning or your lunch. And with nurses, with our 12 hour, um, shifts, they are really hard. And I find Mm -hmm. like those quick quest bars or protein shakes, the toss back when you don't have enough time mm-hmm. and then really making sure for me, cause my biggest fail usually is after that 12 hour shift coming home, starving, mm-hmm. tired, and dirty, Yeah, <laughs> that you don't know whether to, sh- you know, sleep, shower, <laughs> or, or eat. eat first <laughs> or pee. Uh, right. Exactly. <laughs> so usually on those days when I know I'm going to have a rough day, I try to plan my dinner to be something I really enjoy eating mm-hmm. because it'll make me stop. Mm-hmm. If it's something I don't want to eat, it's like bland chicken, I'm not going to eat it. I'm going to look for comfort food and something fast. So mm-hmm. if I know I plan something I'm going to enjoy or if I hold off, you know, for the, the ice cream, a little bit of ice cream that night. So I have something to look forward to to get me through. So when those donuts are in my face at 2 mm-hmm. o'clock, I'm a little more consistent saying, no, 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 I've pre-planned. I've got mm-hmm. a great dinner and a nice little treat for me later. Yeah, such a So good tip. things like that. Yeah. Such a good tip. Now tell me, so you, I mean, you've been, this is not your first rodeo, right? You've said you've been counting for macros for four years. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. what, what made the process in macros 101 different and what results did you see going through that process? For me with macros 101, it was a huge mental shift. I've been playing the macro game for so long. Mm -hmm. Um, and it really was, realizing it's not the all or nothing, that Mm -hmm. it's okay to make mistakes, that this is a long process. And then really recognizing and reflecting over those last few years, I've learned a lot, Mm -hmm. a lot of nutritional little things that, you know, I'll recognize sometimes through the day, like someone grabs a soda and I think, oh, you could have so much better food than a soda. (laughs) You know, it's not that there's anything wrong with the soda, but for me, my brain goes, that's so many sugar calories and carbs. I could do like so many better things, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, know, just breakfast and just things that I don't even, I can't even think of specifics, but I've learned a lot nutritionally just over those four years that are countless. I may not have lost dress sizes per se, um, but I feel better. I, when I eat well, I feel better. I have more energy. I don't have those slumps and crashes. Um, I think I'm just fueling my body better. Mm-hmm. Um, and the shift from 101 was really that to let go of the perfectionist attitude mm-hmm. that going to a party didn't mean the end of the world. Going out to dinner didn't mean the end of the world. It just meant pause, good, better, best. Mm-hmm. What's my conscious decision here? What are my goals? What do I want to do? Whether it was, you know what, I'm done goaling right now. I want to just enjoy my time or it was, you know what? Nope. I'm going to start to really cut down a little bit. I want to really clean up my diet. I had a different goal. Um, that's what one-on-one taught me is, is really learning the mental shifts and, and figuring out how to get my brain to get on board. Yeah. And now you feel like now that you feel like you've conquered that, or you're in the process of conquering that, yes. what do you feel like is possible for you now? Um, anything is possible. Um, it's given me a new way to look at my goals. Um, you know, like right now I'm just trying to get back on track and I'm not looking to cut or reverse or do anything. It's just trying to stay focused and put good 
food into my body over a consistent period of time. Um, and that's where I am. And I think if I really wanted to, I could definitely do a lot. Um, I'll be interested to see what the next year brings, Mm -hmm. uh, and where my goals will change right now. It's really just trying to feed myself well and give myself the love that it needs. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah. All right. Last question. So let's pretend somebody I'm, well, we don't have to pretend. I'm sure there's somebody <laughs> listening who is brand new, who is like mm-hmm. just starting out on their journey. Um, maybe they just learned what macro counting is. What would you say to that woman? If you like sat down with her, you're like giving her some tips and advice. What would you say to that woman who's just getting started? First of all, love yourself, forgive yourself. Yeah. Um, it's, it's okay to make mistakes. It's going to feel overwhelming. Um, focus on one thing and one thing only. Um, cause it can be very overwhelming. Like I've thought about speaking to other women about it, especially mm-hmm. at my job, we're all surrounded by women who are on whatever diet of sure. the month. Yeah. And I'm always like biting the inside of my cheek. Cause I'm like, well, that's not going to work very long, but I don't want to be that preachy person either. Story of my life, Erin. Oh, oh. <laughs> it's so hard to listen to. So I just wonder, like, if I was going to talk to them, what would I say? And I think it would be focus on a protein, um, focus on hitting your proteins and leave it at that. Mm -hmm. Um, stop worrying and checking yourself in the mirror every five seconds. Is it working? Is it not working? Cause it really is just a learning process and picking one thing to focus on over a few weeks and see if you can hit that instead of worrying about getting your carbs, right. And your fats, right. It just gets very, very overwhelming and be, and, and celebrate your successes because mm-hmm. we don't do that either. Yeah, um, I know. like I really, I, I give myself a pat on the back every time I have one of those aha moments. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. You know, um, That's awesome. maybe you'll make a better decision with dinner and you'll pick a better protein. Mm-hmm. Give yourself a pat on the back for that. That's, That's huge. Right. That's right. Yeah. I love it. That's that's such, such good advice. And I really, I'm going to reiterate what she said about just like, if you even just aim for your calories and protein, you're like 20 steps ahead. Like you're Mm -hmm. already on the path. You don't have to zero out all your macros to be able to get started on the path and to start seeing success. Just picking, I'm going to focus on hitting my protein today is a huge first step and then celebrate the heck out of it. You are awesome and you are going to be successful. Right. I love that. Yep. All right, Erin, thank you so much for taking the oh, time. I know that this is going to be really valuable to people who are starting out and people so. who are busy and have lives that are very <laughs> similar to yours to know that it is possible to get to the place where you feel confident and relaxed with food. And I think that's one of the biggest things that you've come away with is just a feeling of relaxation. And like, it doesn't have to, yes. it doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be something you worry about. Mm-hmm. And to hear you have reached that point is really exciting. Yes, absolutely. I've definitely reached that point. It's because of you. And I'm appreciative. I've learned a lot. And I really hope I reach someone out there who's in the same boat as I am. That's awesome. I know you have. Thanks so much. I hope that you enjoyed both of those interviews with both Megan and Aaron. They were both finalists in our Macros 101 Transformation Contest. And I am excited that they were willing to come on and share their stories with you. That wraps up this episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong because remember, my friend, you can do anything. Hold up, sister friend. Do you love Biceps After Babies Radio? If so, the best way to say thank you is to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes. I know every podcaster wants you to leave a review, but it's because those reviews help the podcast to reach more people. And I do truly want to know what you think. 
If this particular episode resonated with you, will you also please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your friends and family why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at biceps.after.babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio.